Once again, I've been speaking with Brooke Shibashi from the Into the Woods revival from Broadway and the National Tour. I will see you all in my next episode where I'm chatting with social media influencer Stephanie Wiseman. Was it nerve-wracking being in a show with super, literal superstars at City Center when you first, when this first sort of Into the Woods came back to be reintroduced to the world? I think it was nerve-wracking, equal parts nerve-wracking and thrilling. I got the call when they announced the first round of casting, and that was prior to some of the some of the recastings because some folks had to drop out. And so when I got the email that had all of those names attached, I was I knew in an instant that I had to do it. There there were no no doubts in my brain whatsoever. And I, you know, for me, Broadway was always a dream when I was a kid. And I remember when I was in sixth grade, we, we, we went to our, our family, had our first, my, my first trip ever to New York City, and I saw Brian Darcy James in Titanic. And in high school, the, the, change, the, the, the show that changed my life was Thoroughly Modern Millie starring Gavin Creel and Sutton Foster. And I still have like my 2002, 2003 soundtrack, playbill, photographs of, 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 of with them and signed by them. And so having the chance to work with my heroes and Brian, specifically Brian and Gavin, because they were such early benchmarks for me mm-hmm. of what I wanted to do and what I thought was possible work. They were, they're, they're literal heroes of mine. And so, um, it was thrilling. It was exciting. And then Neil joined in and Sarah, Sarah was a huge part of me finding my voice, um, as a, as a singer, I, I used her song Love Song for all of my pop rock auditions. Um, and Neil was a huge uh, was was a huge model for me knowing that you could do all the things and be funny and do musicals and you know and so I just it, I just feel incredibly grateful. So yeah, thrilling and exciting. Yeah. When the show was at City Center. Was there any predictions or did you maybe have any little like predictions in your head that th- this could come to Broadway? I remember looking at, because I wasn't super familiar with the Encores program. My ex had done Assassins years ago, but I hadn't seen, I wasn't super familiar with the Encores program and how many shows do end up taking the road to Broadway. So that wasn't really in my brain necessarily. I just knew it was a special celebration and instead of a weekend they were doing two weeks so that felt like a already like a bigger blessing than what normally would have been mm-hmm. you know so I wasn't thinking ahead in that way but I remember looking at the website and looking at all of the prior productions that had cast recordings and so my hope was that we would get a cast recording out of it um but because again it was limited engagement and uh, you have all of these stars who are, who really are only committing to it because it's such a limited engagement because they all have such busy lives. Yeah. Um, I didn't even think a Broadway transfer was possible because I knew that they all had other jobs. Yeah. So I was at the most hoping that maybe they would do a pro shot or maybe they would do a cast recording. But I didn't think a transfer to Broadway was going to happen because of every because everyone's schedules are impossible. Yeah. Was it fun playing a stepsister and doing all the goofy stepsister things? It was awful. No, it was amazing. And what was cool about it is that we all, we, we've had so many different Cinderella's. Mm-hmm. So at one point, you know, when, when Pippa was Cinderella, when Diane was Cinderella, 
we I had an Asian sister at at one point um Delphi was um going on for Tanika as Lucinda so we had it was three Asian sisters and then Al is our Asian father so it was it was amazing just to see the rotation every woman who stepped into Cinderella has been incredible all of our understudies are amazing. We have our family unit with Al and Nancy and Tanika and myself. And now Josh is stepping in to replace Al for the, for the tour. You know, it's been, what's fun about it is that it always feels like, it always feels like a family unit. Mm-hmm. And it always, it's always new. It's, yeah. It always feels like uh, it's a new show because we always have a new face coming in and bringing new energy and bringing new relationship dynamics. But it's such a good freaking time. You know, I think what's been interesting is how to balance the tone of the show because the first act is so joyful and so much fun and so funny mm-hmm. and the family and the princes have so much room to be, be of a more heightened expression. And so what we were realizing through the run of the show, when James Lapine and Lear, our director would come back to watch the show is that if the characters became less human and more caricature, based the second act doesn't work as well and so they would notice that you would they you would stop hearing people sniffling and getting emotional at the end in the second act when people would die and the, the deaths wouldn't feel as impactful and the lessons wouldn't feel as impactful because we strayed too far from um you know the groundedness and the re- the the reality of, yeah. of these people and, and their real and their real lives, even though it's mm-hmm. a fairy tale. So mm-hmm. it's been an interesting challenge because you would think it would just be like, oh, we're just having fun and it's just it's just a romp. But I think the challenge has been trying to remember that these are real human beings with real needs and wants, mm-hmm. and it's about loss and it's about connection, it's about community, it's about how you take care of your yourself and your community. Or when you don't do that and the, the consequences. And so um, the reason why I think folks are responding so positively to the show is because they always said, Steve, Steve Sondheim and James Lapine would always say this show comes around when we need it the most. Mm-hmm. And when the original came out, I'm sure you and your listeners know this, the original came out during the AIDS crisis. The revival, the first Broadway revival came out during 9-11. Oh, wow. And now the second Broadway revival is during COVID, pandemic. yeah. And, and that wasn't planned, you know? Like, no one, like, scheduled that to mm-hmm. coincide with these major cr- world crises, right? Mm-hmm. But it's interesting that Into the Woods is such a sweet, simple fairy tale show, but the lessons are profound, and it is about how we take care of each other and is about how we deal with loss. It is about how we connect. Yeah. About the greater good, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's amazing. What is something that kind of stood out to you from the original cast that will stay with you forever? Original cast, like the people who... From Broadway. Like, no, from from Broadway when you did it, like with Pippa and Sarah and Brian and them. So a memory, something that I'll never forget from the... Yeah. Revival cast. Okay. Um, you know, I was just looking at my Instagram feed today and looking at some of the memories when on the final day of the OG cast before our second cast came in, the curtain that the, um, the when the when the curtain raises and the the um, the folks who start the show come downstage, uh, usually there's there's applause. Uh, and that applause went on 
for like five minutes and it was it, you know it was the last time this cast was gonna be yeah, together. it's like a concert and, oh my god and it was and uh, i'll send you that clip later it went on and on and on and i took a video of it from the wings and like watching sarah wipe her face and just watching all of them with such uh full hearts and watching the audience get up on their feet before a single note was even sung just feeling that love and that appreciation mm-hmm. and gratitude from the audience was I've never experienced anything like that you just felt you know what it is as you look out to the audience and so and I can't even count the number of times Jamie that this happened we would do our bows at the end of the show and very often there would be people crying and they would just be saying thank you to us that's because amazing you understand that this show is helping people work through all yeah the pain us from the last couple of years yeah uh, so it's it's in a in a really simple beautiful joyful way it's helping people cope and heal you mm-hmm. know? oh absolutely that, I'll, I'll never forget that so how magical was it after this is, i call this man i'll show you this in a second but i call yeah. this what i'm about to show you a manifestation uh yeah. how magical was it watching uh sjb and seb every night because i would have had to pinch myself a million times you know one of the most beautiful moments well when they do it takes two together i mean you're just gonna like (laughs) you won't be able to handle it it's it's so it's so sweet i've i've never met a couple that's so supportive and and loving they they um they root for each other. Like they really, like you feel them when one of them's off stage, you see the other one watching the monitors rooting for the other one on Seb's last night before he left and Brian came back, I uh, was backstage in the wings watching his final no more um, with Stephanie and it was gorgeous. And I took a video of it. And at the very end of his number, you know, he finishes just no more and then he runs off stage and then runs back on stage again to reunite with the, the survivors and to reunite with his baby. And when he when he finished his number, Stephanie was watching the monitors and she just said, Beautiful, my love. Beautiful. And it was just it was just like the most sweet, like supportive, loving, you know, ex- <sighs> it's amazing. They're they're and they're just such beautiful people. Why can't I be them? them? why can't we be them they just and and you know what it is too on their very first on their very first pudding rehearsal like they brought like tacos for everyone because you know everyone has to come in on their day off right they brought like food for everybody and they were so grateful it's the first time they were meeting most of us and they were like thank you for taking like we know that your time is precious and thank you for being here to help you know to help us um get in plugged into the show and they were just so gracious seb would get pizza for the security guys every week you know and they would always get us like they did they just they they were very mama papa so one thing i loved watching were the uh sage left charades how did those come to be well that was like not even all of it jamie like every every exit and re-entrance there was always like some sort of like tradition. So, I mean, I don't even know if I can name all of them. So whenever Joshua would make his first exit, I think as Rapunzel's prince, like he'd always book it and he'd run off stage. So whenever he'd run off stage, they would have scorecards for like how his exit was. <laughs> that became a thing. The witches rap stage left and stage right would have dance battles. Cause stage left 
was a lot of the crew, and they would always dance and during the witch trap. But stage right, we started a custom. I think it started where we were battling to see who had a better dance on stage left, stage right. But then stage right started to formalize ours. So it was always Cindy and Cindy's family. So we would all be responsible to choreograph five count, uh, a count of four. So then within the witches' rap dance, there were five counts of four. Mm-hmm. So we'd go in a circle and everybody would choreograph their own. And then we'd run it all like several times. And then we would do it when the tempo changed. And we would do it double time. That's amazing. Um, but that was custom for us. And then whenever we would go on for second midnight... Kennedy leaves uh, when Milky White dies. And when Kennedy runs off, we would always do like a charades thing that he'd have to guess. So, and David Patrick Kelly, who plays Mysterious Man, would always uh, create it for us. So there would be days where we were like, it was always like a pantomime. Yeah. So he'd always have to guess what we were doing. And then whenever we would leave during second midnight, second midnight, first midnight, I forget, one of the midnights, we exit, and then those of us who are off stage right who have to re-enter during the midnight, we would DP would start a dance, and so we would all just start doing the dance again before we had to go back on stage, and the dance would change every night. Mm-hmm. And then the one you're talking about started with Sarah. We would just do something stupid for her every time, like a tableau <laughs> or something, every time she exited as the ghost baker's wife. Yeah, she was dead, and then it became something she had to guess, and then it became like guess that musical. And then when Stephanie took over, Stephanie is, like, musical. Like, she she knows everything. Uh-huh. So it became a challenge for her, and she got really competitive <laughs> competitive with it. And then when Mary, Mary Kate Moore, who understudied Stephanie, would go on, she didn't want to do the musical charade, so then we, would, we turned it into, like, artwork charades, and so she would have to guess what the artwork was. So it's always evolving. But now we think... We didn't run out of musicals, but like there were there were so many of them. I think we're gonna pivot to movies now because there's so many more. Yeah, there's more content, you know. But like that, those weren't even. There were also things like where Brian would do things off stage, and then he there was a custom from the stage left people whenever Brian would exit and do like there was always something, and then the um, understudies would assign us activities during second midnight sometimes that we would do when we were on stage for second midnight, and they'd all be themed. Like, for Krista's last day, um, we all do our, like, you know, the harder to get, the better to have, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they would give us all the same theme but different activities. So for Krista's, it was, like, Krista's shows. So one of us was Spring Awakening, and one of us was, you know... Adam's um, family. Adam's family. Exactly. But you'd have to do a thing represented from the show on your bit. So we had to do it in a way that like where we wouldn't get in trouble, but that they would, and they would always film us in the monitors so we could watch it afterwards. And Gavin would just do the most outlandish things because he can get away with it. Yeah. So at one point it was like, your activity is basketball or whatever. And so he literally just. <laughs> That's hilarious. Line. So like just constant, 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 like joking around in games and you know, it's just joy. It's yeah. Just, like, it literally feels like high school kids at theater camp right if you could add a character from or any like other fairy tale character to into the woods that's not an into the woods who would you want to add it could be like a disney character or any like fairy tale related character i think the first one that came to mind for some reason was peter pan maybe because peter pan flies that's like, nobody flies good show. you would think someone would fly yeah, like, you would think maybe they would, like, do something with the witch or something flying, but we need some flying. So yeah. <laughs> I like that. 
Peter Pan and Tink. That'll be a, a, a double deal. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's that's my answer. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> what was the first Broadway show you ever saw? You know, I was trying to remember if it was on the same visit. We saw Jacqueline, David Hasselhoff and Linda Eater in Jekyll and Hyde. And we also saw Brian Darcy James and Michael Cerberus and, and company in Titanic. It was 90, 98. I was in sixth grade. And I don't remember if we saw Jekyll first or if we saw Titanic first, but that was my first Broadway show ever. And um, Jekyll and Hyde was an experience. But, yeah. um, and Linda Eater was amazing. But Titanic was changed me. We we bought that. We made our dad buy us that the the um, Broadway Cares signed poster. Oh, I love that. Much money, <laughs> and um, we bought the album. And we, my sisters and I, listened to that album on repeat and memorized it. And it was so. It was such a. Have you ever seen clips of of that production? No. Brian's work in that show is incredible his 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 singing but also just his 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 work as an actor in that show is incredible i was so i was such a young kid but i was so devastated by the loss and the tragedy yeah. and the, it was so well done it was so, and then they did a reunion concert years later uh at lincoln center that my sister and i went to and again it brought up all the feelings but i'll actually send this to you later there's a video of all of them reuniting and starting to work on that show again so many years later as an anniversary concert so cool. and they're all just like bawling yeah yeah it's just it's gorgeous it's gorgeous that music oh my god i love it what fictional plays from like a show or a movie do you wish existed in real life Schmigadoon. Ooh, like a, is there a certain like i've never seen Schmigadoon. call me crazy oh my god you have to watch Schmigadoon. <laughs> It's amazing. Get like a free trial of Apple TV because I think that's gonna give you like a week or something, and just like just binge Schmigadoon. I need it to. Is, it's so. I mean, you'll you'll know all the people on it. It's uh, like a hat tip to every every like famous musical of that era. Um, it's amazing. But Schmigadoon, I think the concept basically is they get transported to a magical world where everyone. You know, it's everything's a musical. Oh, I love that. I know, but now what's cool is so that that obviously was based on Brigadoon, right. but season two is Chicago, so it's based in the world of of, of like Chicago the musical. Oh, so I, love I think that. the conceit is that every season it's going to be a different world, a different a different theme, a different locale, with the same cast playing different roles in every season. <laughs> what were some of your favorite TV shows like in high school and like as a, in growing up? I think high school i really loved dawson's creek i think i was like a little too young to watch it because it got really mature for for the wasn't that with james vanderbeek yes joshua jackson oh my god um dawson's creek um i watched what else did i watch um actually ryan murphy made a show called popular it was like one of his first like hit shows oh wow and that was it was really good it was um basically about a, high, a bunch of high school students, but I'd never seen anything that was so stylized and kind of of that, his genre of comedy. And so yeah. I really liked Popular, but Popular was on the WB when it was called the WB. Um, and it was a really satirical, funny show, like biting, satirical, funny show about, about 
uh, high school kids. But, oh, I love that. Uh, it was one of the first, I think it was the first time I'd ever been introduced to Ryan Murphy. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. If you could relate Florinda to either Anastasia or Drizella, who would you say she's oh. more like? Oh, Anastasia, like the princess? No, no, like the steps, like the Disney stepsisters. Oh, wait, which one was which? Anastasia's the redhead with the pink, and Drizella's the dark hair with the big bow. I don't really remember their personalities. Which one was meaner? Anastasia. So I would be the meaner one. I know that <laughs> I know that the way we play it with Tanika and I, it feels kind of like I'm the older sister who's just like a little more alpha and just like mm-hmm. meaner. And Tanika's a little bit more like cool and like removed and mm-hmm. you know, it feels like if, if I if I wasn't in the picture, Lucinda would actually be nice to Cinderella. So I th- I'll I'll be whichever one's the meaner sister. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> How do you balance be an arts hero and acting? You know, it's interesting because arts hero came to be because there was no work and we were, we were, you know, we were, the government mandated that none of us could, could work mm-hmm. for a good amount of time during the pandemic. And so when I was hardcore in the, in the, um, at the height of my work with arts hero, uh, everything was still shut down. So at that point, it wasn't a question of balancing anything because I was just doing it to survive because there was no other option. And right. our, it, it came out of a desperate need to try to, to try to do something to, to save all of our workers and all of our organizations and our industries and our creative economy as we knew it. So there wasn't, you know, there wasn't any work to be had at that point. When things started to slowly reopen after what, like, 12 to 18 months Mm -hmm. most most of it was like more like more like the 16 to 18 month mark um I was doing a play at La Jolla Playhouse and it was my first real job back Mm -hmm. and I want to say from the pandemic but we're still living in the pandemic right um I it was hard I I I I there was a a point at which I, I knew that I had to take a step back from the advocacy work because I needed to a take care of myself because I was um, not taking care of my own needs, mm-hmm. but also I needed to start working again, and I needed to to honor um, my career needs, yeah, and my artistic needs. So, I guess if your question is how how did I balance it, I I didn't balance it at all during the at the height of the pandemic because it was, you know, just focusing on arts here, right? Right. Um, But then when I started working again, I really just had to take a step back and give the responsibility and the leadership to my incredible co-founders and just focus on rebuilding, rebuilding uh, a career and reintegrating myself into the industry because everything had changed. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I, I don't think I ever really balanced it in a way that felt profound I think I just had to kind of immerse myself in that and then take a step back and I'm still I'm still figuring it out yeah because the work you know if anything the work has never stopped the work has pivoted definitely because our needs are different now right but the needs the, the larger need is still the same right we are our workers and our organizations still need support from the government and it's not coming in a way that's helping us to um like stay afloat no to see exactly to survive and thrive um just the number of 
everyone's still hurting. Yeah. What are some of your favorite foods? Mm. Sushi. I'm fourth generation Japanese American, so all Japanese food. I'm addicted to matcha. I uh, have had to buy my own um, matcha powder because I spend way too much money going out to get my matcha because it's become my routine. Um, matcha, sushi, um, other food. What else do I love? I love dark chocolate. Me too. Um, right? Um what else? I just went to go visit one of my best friends who's doing Life of Pi at American Repertory Theater in Boston. And they're coming to Broadway this spring. And when I went to go visit him, there's an L.A. Burdick chocolate shop. Have you ever had their chocolates? Mm-mm. They're super bougie and overpriced, but so delicious. <laughs> it's worth so the money. It's a worth- well, I bought him a gift, and I was like, okay, it's a gift for him. But then I also bought myself some. And they're just so satisfying. But, you know, sometimes you have to indulge a little bit if you have the resources and the means to, and, and it was worth it. Yeah. What musical revival do you want to see next? That's not, it can be coming or not. Music. The first thing that came to mind was wild party. Lippa's version. Ooh. Have you ever, do you, are you familiar with it? I just know that Julia Murney was the queenie. I just, I'm going to, okay. Remind me when we get off this call, I have to send you the Titanic clip and I'm going to send you the wild party clips and they're both Brian. <laughs> Um, it is, it's like, you know, fully some, it's based off the, there were two wild parties at the same time, same season. One was on Broadway with Mandy Patinkin and Tony Collette and Eartha Kitt, I think. And the other one was off Broadway with Julia, Brian, Adina, Tadigs, mm-hmm. Jen Cody, like that cast was stacked. Mm-hmm. And they were the same property because I think they were both based off of this like lyrical poem, uh, like a jazz age poem. Um, but then they were interpreted by two different creative teams and produced in the same season. Right. Um, and so it's, it's kind of like a battle within the musical theater community of which wild party people think. <laughs> I like better. that. You know, but yeah. the Lippa's wild party, the music, the singing, the performances, like. Lippa's it is. Yes. It's incredible. And, and I want that. I want that to come back. What is a fun fact that not a lot of people know about you? I'm kind of a goblin. Like, have you heard people talk about with goblin mode? Kind of. So I think it kind of, it came to be during the pandemic when people just like stopped trying. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm kind of like, I, I lead from being a goblin, i.e. I, I, like, I don't want to do put makeup on. I don't want to brush my hair. Oh, I'm the same wanna, way. You know? Yeah. Well, it's just too much effort. And Yeah, I'm the same way. I get it. You know, and I, I would rather just be like at home with my kitty cat, like, most of the time just like you know slob it around yeah then like doing full beat oh i'm the same way i'm the same way oh absolutely goblin i don't think people expect that i'm a goblin but i'm a full goblin i love it hey everyone welcome back to the jamie star podcast thank you so much for joining me for another episode so my guest today was part of the Into the Woods revival. She started at City Center with the company and then transferred to Broadway and then did the national tour. My guest today is Brooke Shibashi. 